good morning. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Oh, can you hear me? I think you can definitely hear me. Right. Um, maybe a little bit loud up, up here. There you go. Okay, well, it's uh, great to uh, be with you here this morning. My name is uh, John Hills, and I'm the uh, worship pastor here at uh, First Baptist Church in Mason. A particularly warm welcome to you if you're joining us online, uh, Facebook. Uh, and we are going to be carrying on our uh, sermon series called Bold, okay? And I, and so today what we're going to be talking about is how do we pray very bold prayers? Last week we learned that boldness uh, is behavior born out of belief and how we are to be bold in our speech. And so I'm just going to take a moment, we're just going to pray and then, uh, and then we'll get into, into today's message. So uh, let's, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for every single person here. And Lord, I thank you that you reached down to us through the Son, your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that as we look at how we talk to you and how we have relationship with you through our words and through our prayers, I pray that you'd move by the power of your Spirit and that you'd be... Uh, stir in our hearts and our minds to know more about you and who you are. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you're taking notes uh, this morning, the key thought for this week is what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Let me repeat that. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. So, for example, if you don't pray at all, that reflects that you don't believe in God, or you don't believe he answers prayers. What you pray for or you don't pray for reflects what you believe in God. If you pray very small prayers all the time, just little, tiny, tiny little prayers, it probably reflects that you don't believe that God is a God who answers big prayers. And if almost all of your prayers are for yourself, bless me, help me, come with me, be with me, then that reflects the belief that you actually believe that God is there to serve you. And people who have that belief, if God doesn't do what they wanted God to do, they get offended and they say, well, God must not be real because what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. And in fact, our language says a lot about what we believe about God as well, our language about prayer. And I've seen this so many times uh, throughout the years that maybe someone is going through a, a tough situation and they're trying to figure out, you know, how do I, you know, how do I navigate these waters or this challenge in my life? I, I've tried everything. I've tried, I've gone to the doctors, I've gone wherever it may, everything they know, uh, they've tried. And then often they'll say something like this. Well, I guess all we've got left to do is pray. I mean, if your prayer for you is the last resort, that reflects what you believe about God. And I can just see God in heaven going, 
Well, now you're down to prayer. You've gone through all your list of everything that possibly you could try and you've just suddenly decided to come to me at the last resort. I mean, he's like, you're with me in heaven now. I mean, it's over. You know, you can't, you're going to be with me forever. So are you getting this now that what you pray for reflects what you believe about God? And so here's what I want you to do. There's a little bit of congregation participation this morning. Uh, I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about what you prayed for last week. Just think in your mind for, for a second. And if you've got, if you've got a pen or paper or your phone, just you know, write them down or jot them down or just think in your, in your mind, what did you pray for last week? Well, some of you might say, well, I don't think I really prayed, uh, which says a lot about what you believe about God. Let's just call it what it is. Some of you might say, well, I can't really remember what I prayed for. I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone what I prayed for. Some of you might say, well, oh, yeah, I prayed for this. I prayed for that. I prayed for this. I prayed for that. Go ahead and think about that for just a moment in your mind. You know, three or four things maybe that you can think of that you prayed. And as you're doing that, I want you to ask yourself this question. If God answered yes, or answered everything that you prayed for last week, you know, yes, 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 you can have that. And God miraculously said yes to everything you prayed. What would be different in the world today? Think about that. Think about that. How many people remember the, uh, the movie Bruce Almighty? Anyone seen that movie, Bruce Almighty? Um, well, for those who can't remember, uh, Bruce, who's the main character in, this, in the movie, is complaining to God about how his life is being unfair and that, what does he say, he's like smite the smiters or something like that. Uh, you might, <laughs> those who are better at movie quotes will probably be able to do the whole thing. Um, and so... God allows Bruce to become God for a short time. And here I have a video clip of how Bruce deals with the prayers. Watch this. Okay, I need something with a lock. Security, combination, password. A password. Yo! You've got prayers. Welcome to the Revelation Superhighway. We bless. No mess. Downloading now. <laughs> it's good. It's good. This is gonna take a while. One million five hundred twenty-seven thousand five hundred and three prayer requests. I better manifest some coffee. Now that's fresh mountain grown coffee from the hills of Colombia. Thank <laughs> you. 
some kind of a dent by now. Oh, come on! Oh. What a bunch of whiners. This is gonna suck up my whole life. Yes, to all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now everybody's happy. Okay, so uh, if any of you know what goes on from, from there, from the movie, when he says yes to everything, it has disastrous consequences uh, and ends up with, with Bruce humbling himself before God, who is Morgan Freeman. Um, I'm not saying that is uh, genuinely the case, uh, but... Uh, but if God answered everything that you prayed for last week, what would be different in the world today? Chances are pretty good that if you pray like most people in our culture, the only things that would be different would be the kind of things that are close to you. For years, that's how I prayed. Until I met uh, one of my best friends uh, from England. His name was Colin Phelps. He was the kind of friend uh, that you would go to coffee with, and at the end of your time together, you'd be on your knees in, in prayer, probably in tears, confessing your need of Jesus. Anyone else got a friend like that? Um, well, he inspired me in my prayer life uh, so much. There was no limit to our prayer times, and often they would last hours. And then he married Caroline, and... She had the same heart, and Jancy and I would go over for meals with them, and at the end of our meal, we'd all be crying and uh, on our knees in prayer, and because just the Lord was moving with us, we'd be praying and weeping. Now, Colin uh, went to be with the Lord in 2012, and uh, he was, he was, I don't know, he died in April. I guess that's what made me think about him um, being on prayer. And he was the one guy that that just got me on the straight and narrow. And and he prayed big prayers. He did, he prayed bold prayers. And I really learned from Colin to pray really big prayers. Because I'm telling you, if God answered every one of the prayers that he prayed, churches would be overflowing today salvation's a commonplace because he prayed for churches around the world every day. He prayed for revival to break out in churches, for orphans to be adopted, for those trapped in human trafficking to be set free. He prayed really big prayers, and I've learned a lot from that. And I would say, if you really want to make a big difference in this life, you're going to need to learn to pray some very bold prayers. So there is some scripture today that we're going to be looking at, and we're going to be looking at the book of Acts. We're going to be turning to chapter 4, and let me give you some context in, in case you uh, missed last week. We're looking at Peter and John and their encounters with Christ in living a bold life in the New Testament. And here we've, we, they've just been uh, before the Sanhedrin, and uh, they've been released, and so we, we pick it up in, in verse chapter uh, Chapter 4, verse 23. And it says, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. 
And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said to the, by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So what was the uh, apostles' reaction to the council's ban and threats? They prayed together. They prayed. Nothing else mattered in that moment other than to petition to the Father. And here we see Christian koinonia in action, Christian togetherness in action. Before, but then what do we see? Before they prayed, we see that they reminded themselves about who God was. That he, if, if we look at verse 24, that he was the God of creation. Sovereign Lord, ruler of all, you made heaven and earth. That he was the God of revelation in verse 25. That he spoke through the mouth of David revealing the will of God, the prophetic voice. And that he was the God of history. That they were standing in the same place where uh, Herod and Pilate had uh, convicted Jesus and condemned him to die. How often before we pray do we remind and celebrate who God was and is? Do we prepare ourselves like the apostle does here in the passage? And once they had done this, they humbled themselves before the Lord. And what did they pray? What did they pray? They prayed two bold prayers. One, they prayed for boldness. And we need to pray for boldness. Verse 29 says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. So here they were about to be thrown into jail, and it seems to me like they've, they've been bold enough, right? They, if you look back in the previous chapters, if you've got your Bibles open, you'll see that 3,000 people came to know the Lord and have a living relationship with, the, with Jesus. And so that already got them in trouble, and here they are, they're praying for more boldness, and the rational person would say to them, well, hey guys, like, don't you need to hold up a minute? Like, I, they're about to throw you in jail. And you want to preach more? You want to speak more? You want to get louder? They're just going to persecute you more. I don't know about you, but have you ever been around someone who talks about Jesus all the time? And I don't know if that offers to pray for people. You know, someone that doesn't care what other people think, and they're going to do the embarrassing thing and pray for them. Anyone been around people like that? Um, I've been around that person. I've been that person. Um, and sometimes you ask the questions, well, do we have to? Do we have to? Now, I hear that a lot in my house uh, with four kids and particularly with chores. Um, do we have to? Anyone heard that? Anyone heard that before? Yeah, just, just okay, two people. Uh, okay, uh, three, three. Okay, so uh, many of us, want Jesus that fits nice and neatly in our pocket. And we get him out every now and again, like our phone, when it's on our terms. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Don't see that anywhere in Scripture. 
where God blesses that type of behavior. And people have said to me, especially when we are, well, you know, can we have, can we have less of that Jesus stuff? It's kind of awkward. You're kind of, you're kind of annoying. Um, that might just be my accent. But, um, but or, it's, or it's like, or it's so intense. I'm like, no way. No way. Jesus isn't just for a Sunday. He's for every single day of our lives. And we need to be bold, and we need to get out there and do it. And have you ever prayed for boldness? Have you ever prayed that prayer? Give, make me bold, Lord. Most people never have. Why? Just never thought of it to ask for boldness? Maybe we're scared because it's going to take us out of our comfort zone? The main reason is praying for boldness takes the focus off of ourselves and makes us others-centered. Because the reason to be bold for Jesus is to see others come to him. And if we're honest, most of our prayers are self-centered. Help me make a good presentation today. Help me get a pay raise. Help me get a job. Help me get an A. Maybe that pimple to go away. You know, it's real. The struggle's real, right? But if we pray, use me, Lord, or make me bold today, Jesus, we have to follow through with it. I've done that a few times at Fredonia Peanut Company. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's where I work. And uh, at the back door when I'm loading feed, sacks of feed, I have the privilege of visiting with many different people from all sorts of walks of life. And uh, there have been many times where I've had the opportunity to pray with folk right next to a bag of cattle cubes. And they've been in tears. And just being able to love people through praying for them. They just said, I've got so much going on. I just say, can I pray for you? And they love it. They're, They're like, yeah, sure. It's because I ask God to give me boldness. It doesn't matter. I don't have to be in this building to do that. I really don't. And neither do you. So when you pray for it, God will give you boldness. When you pray for it, God will give you boldness. Second prayer they prayed was praying for miracles. We need to pray for miracles. Let's be honest. As I said before, most of us, we pray, the prayers we pray are little prayers. Prayers at the dinner table or before a meeting. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Keep us safe. Keep us safe. Keep us safe. I wonder if God is saying, okay, I get it. You've been saying it for the last 40 years. I understand. Okay, now we've got to move on from these prayers and start getting a little deeper. While it's good to pray for these things, and I'm not knocking praying that because I think it's good. But that now is the time to pray big. For the apostles, as we see in this story, it was time to pray big. They are about to pray for people they're going to meet. They're going to be praying prayers like, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, do miraculous signs, Lord. Their prayers were about to rock people's world, and they needed to be ready. Verse 30 says, While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. 
we are, folks, we are at a point in history where we need to be praying for miracles that rock people's world. The biggest one is for people to be saved, saved in masses. And I believe that Mason, Texas has many people who need to be found in Jesus. Today might be that day for some of you here. And if it is, I pray and encourage you to to step forward and, and step into a relationship with Jesus. But you stepping forward, people stepping forward into a relationship with Jesus is a big miracle. And you, by stepping forward or saying, sticking your hand in the air, could encourage a miracle in someone else's life. Big miracles. And Jesus is the only one, he is the only one who can transform individuals, leaders, communities, churches, and nations. Jesus alone. That's it. And some of us think, well, I, I don't need a change. I don't need Jesus. Wrong. We do. That's the only, that's the only thing. We put our hope in, in government systems. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Jesus is the only one we can put our hope in. I mean, who believes that Jesus can do this? Who believes it? Jay Tedder. Yep. We do believe it. We believe it because that's why we're here. That's the reason why we gather is because of Jesus. And of course, we understand that God can do anything he wants in any time that he wants. And even when God says no or not yet in our prayers, I hope that our faith in God is big enough to handle that. But miracles, when they happen, are incredible. This church being open is a miracle. Some of you don't know the history. I've, I've, I've come in on the tail end of the history of this. But there were points where they were talking about closing this church. Look at it now. Jesus is the only one. Jesus. 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 That's it. Jesus. And if you ever stop hearing that name in this church, let me know. And uh, we'll make sure he get, his name gets, gets put out there. Because this, this is what it's all about. And I hope that your life reflects that it's all about Jesus. What about praying for all the churches right now that are meeting, are gathering on a Sunday, and there may only be 10 or 15 people, or maybe less, that are thinking of closing their doors? We've had a, we've had a wonderful testimony here of, of the church miraculously being saved and opening think about those churches closing do we get on our knees and pray for those churches pray that they wouldn't close pray that there would be a move of his his spirit and a move of jesus throughout the country and that we'd see dead churches come to life what a miracle that would be and a miracle we've got to just put this in in context a miracle is just a sign what does a sign do what does the sign do? It points to the real thing. Points to Jesus. Some people become obsessed with signs and wonders. The Jewish, the Jewish community in Scripture, they were obsessed with signs and wonders. Show us a sign, Jesus. Show, show us something. And of course, I want to see people 
set free from pain and everything that the scripture teaches about people getting their sight back, crippled people walking and running. But the greatest sign of God at work is a person that was walking in darkness away from God and is now walking in the light towards God. They've done a complete 180. They're walking this way and suddenly they're like, okay, I get it and, I'm, and my hope and my future is with God and eternal life with Him. That gets my fire going. That gets my fire going. Y'all. <laughs> I start speaking Texan when I get excited. So, uh, and the question is, why don't people pray for miracles? Why don't we pray for miracles? Because one, we don't believe. Some don't believe in miracles. That they don't happen today. Secondly, others don't want to be disappointed, so they don't try. It reminded me of, I have to mention this, um, you know, because I got asked this. It's so funny. Whenever something happens in England, everyone wants to know my opinion about it. So Prince Philip uh, died, and everyone asked me, what do you think about Prince Philip? I'm like, well, he's dead. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and he lived a wonderful life, 99 years. And, um, but one of the things that Queen Elizabeth said, which has stuck with me, is that grief is the price we pay for love. Grief is the price we pay for love. So when we don't pray for those things, we, we're, we're blocking ourselves from ever experiencing maybe God might do something. And if he doesn't, it can be painful. But if he does, wow. Wow. Grief is the price we pay for love. talking about Prince Philip, that she loved him for, I think they were married for 74 years or something like that. Incredible, incredible example of commitment and love. Some people don't pray for miracles because they think it will make God look bad. (laughs) It's not about us, it's about him. And we need to give it to God. And sometimes... Sometimes it's not answered, answered instantaneously. Sometimes it takes time. And I've got some uh, friends back in, in England. There was a wonderful story. Uh, and it's quite a common thing uh, throughout, uh, throughout communities is that typically you'll have the wife who's a, who's a Christian and the husband's not. And these, these are great friends of ours. And... She prayed for him for 20 years to come to know Jesus. And he was completely against it, completely atheist, didn't want anything to do with it. But she still kept praying. She had faith that God would move in his life. And one day, she came down from upstairs uh, in the morning. And there was Martin. He had, he was... He was in the, I guess they call it, I don't know what you call it here, it's like a, we call it a conservatory or sunroom or something like that, where, um, and he had sunglasses on, like big black sunglasses on, 
and it, the sun never shines in England, so um, so it was like it was kind of funny that he he was wearing sunglasses, um, and so she she went down and said, "Are you okay, Martin? Are you, you alright?" And he just said he took off his glasses, and she could tell that he'd been crying all night. He said, "It's real. Jesus is real." And Jesus spoke to me in the night, and he's real. And from that moment on, his life completely changed. He got involved in where he, he wouldn't go to church with her, he wouldn't do anything. Suddenly, he was like propelled into ministry, and God, he was just hungry for God. Hungry. Hungering after and thirsting after God. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He got involved in church and ended up leading ministries because he was set on fire for God. And here we see in verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I love that God always shows up when we pray and glorify him. That's why we gather, is because God shows up, and I hope he does for you today. This is what happened to the apostles. God showed up because they showed up. The truth is, we just have to show up. We just have to turn up and pray authentically, reverently, and honestly, and God does the rest. And and here's, here's the other thing, that American culture, British culture, Western culture, tells you you have to have it all together before you come to God. You have to have it all together. Baloney. Baloney. And if someone tells you they've got it all together, that I would like to visit with you uh, because um, I would love to know how you do have it all together. I do not have it all together. And we've all gone through struggles. We are all struggling with something. We just need to show up. Bill Hybel says that God doesn't want us to pile up impressive phrases he doesn't want us to use, without, uh, use words without thinking about their meaning. He wants us to talk to him as a father, a friend, authentically, reverently, personally, and honestly. You know, and, and after that, we see the result of, of showing up, uh, what these apostles did. We see the fellowship in verses 32 to 35. I'm not going to kind of go on, dwell on that. But you see the togetherness that they experienced, the fellowship they experienced after they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. But this is the last point I want to make, is that he fills us with the Holy Spirit when we ask him. The simple prayer, come Holy Spirit, has been prayed for thousands of years. And today is is no different. And in a moment, I'm going to pray that prayer. Come Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask God for boldness, to pray bold prayers, to pray for miracles. For some of us, we know that we've been praying small prayers. God wants us to know that he is bigger and he wants us to pray big prayers. Others of you need boldness to speak to that friend, that co-worker, that child about Jesus. And lastly, 
for others of us, we are desperate. We need a miracle. One that only God can do. Infertility. Healing from cancer. Families reconciled. Breaking addiction. Salvation for a spouse. Or blank, whatever your miracle is. So let's, let's stand together. And if you don't mind, I'm going to get on my knees, even though my knee's hurting today. <laughs> so, and, and we're just going to pray. And just going to pray God would move. And you know that my heart is that God would move in your life. I don't, care. I don't want to know the details, but I want God to move. So we're going to close our eyes, and if you want to, you can lift your hands. I'm going to lift my hands, and I'm just going to pray over us that we as a church would be bold for him. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. move in our lives. Lord, may we see salvation here in this place today. May we see people come to a real, authentic relationship with you, Jesus. Not, not something that's the American gospel or the British gospel, that is the true gospel of you. There's only one gospel. And that is that you, Jesus, you died for our sins, for our sake. You came to rescue us from our darkness and our depravity. And you rose from the dead so that we could experience the fullness of a relationship with your Father. And Lord, you didn't stop there. You sent your Holy Spirit to enable us to live this life that we can't live on our own. And today I pray that if there are some people in this room that are saying, I can't do this anymore on my own. I cannot do it. I need you, God. I just pray you'd speak to them right now. And Lord, we humble ourselves before you. And we say, come, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Take our our agendas, our own ideas away. And Lord, that you would come in a mighty way, that we'd see your spirit poured out on this community, we'd see marriages restored, we'd see addictions broken, we'd see cancer healed. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray the big prayers. I pray for boldness in our prayers. Because, Lord, you're, you're big enough to handle it. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. So if you feel like the Lord is 
is leading you to, to him or to change something, I, I encourage you to, to come forward. The band are going to come up and play. I encourage you to come forward. Don't hold back. Do not hold back. Now is the time. Our days are numbered. Our days are limited. God is offering an invitation today. He's saying, come.